0: Welcome to GOB with Christy and Kathy, where we talk about writing, reading, and life in between. I'm Christy in South Florida. And I'm Kathy in South Dakota. We're two newbie writers who share our love of
1: food, wine, and crime fiction. We have interviews with best-selling and award-winning
0: authors on our Quarks and Conversation episodes. And don't forget our Words and Progress episodes where we have fun writing lessons with writing experts. Join us for today's episode.
1: to Corks and Conversation with Raquel V. Reyes.
0: Hi. Hi. (laughs) We've known Raquel for years, and we are beyond excited to talk with her about her debut novel, Mango, Mambo, and Murder. I love it. Twin. Twin right there. I love that. And we're together, which is so amazing. I know, I know.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So not only is it exciting that she had her first Book birthday recently. Yes. Um, but also, she did get a nice review in the New York Times.
2: Yeah, I think I heard something about that. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Wow. That it was, was huge. Wow. It yeah, was wow. wow. I had no idea. It was like really. That's what we were going to ask you
0: Yeah, about. we'll get into it. We'll get into it. So, okay, okay, okay. Okay. So, and also, um, the book, by the way, the reason we're all here is fantastic. Okay. And um, I'm going to tell you, I'll tell our listeners a little more about Raquel. And then we'll get into it with her. Okay, Raquel V. Reyes was raised in oppositional cultures. Her early childhood was not unlike an I Love Lucy rerun, which is just so awesome, with a heavy accented, handsome Cuban father and a red-headed southern mother whose smile brightened the room. A short story fan all of her life, Raquel's stories are um in several anthologies, including Mystery Most Theatrical. In the Midnight Hour, and Trouble No More. Her debut novel, Mango, Mambo, and Murder, follows a Cuban-American cooking show star, which I love. I can't wait to ask her about this. Miriam. Um, I'm going to try. She's going to try. I'm going to try. I, I practice. Go ahead. <laughs> but now I can't read my notes. Quinones. Okay.
2: Um, <laughs> Very good. <laughs> okay. Yes. The Q-U is Keniones like a K. Quinones Very good.
0: And she becomes a seasoned mm-hmm. sleuth. This is the first book of the Caribbean Kitchen Mystery Series, and in this uh, aforementioned New York Times review, Sarah Weinman says the book, "...furthers my belief that the cozy mystery has become one of the most diverse and most vibrant in contemporary crime fiction." Raquel, it's so good to be talking with you today. Welcome.
2: Thank you. Thank you all for Yay. having me.
1: <laughs> so, um, of course, before we get started with the hard questions, mm, oh yeah, um, hard hitting. Yeah. Raquel <laughs> had mentioned that she likes an albarino. How's that? Excellent. Okay. Yes. And um, so Kathy was able to get one. We we haven't had this before, oh, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And um, we do have Paco and Love Lola it. it's, beautiful. Mm-hmm. it's beautiful. So
0: cute. Yes.
1: For those of you who, like us, don't know what an Albariño is, <laughs> I'll tell you. It's a white wine grape that is grown mostly in Northwest Spain. I mean, they also have it in in Portugal, but there it's called an Alvarinho or Alvarinho something. I don't know how to do the Portuguese accent. Anyway, it is a white wine. And as you can see from our glasses, um, it is in their description on their website. It is straw yellow with a greenish (laughs) bright and clear tone
0: okay go ahead and taste okay it. i'm like can we just have a drink yes
1: please <laughs> um it's it's got citric notes grapefruit mm-hmm. and lime and white flowers acacia orange blossom a sweet tropical um. background intense aroma of lychee lychees so fits the book doesn't
2: it <laughs> it does it completely fits the book and i will tell you the reason why i love it so much I am a big fan of seafood and it goes so deliciously with, you know, a plate of mussels, a bowl of mussels, you know, not now, not just here, Maybe you a little red snapper, a little mahi mahi, a little ceviche. (sighs) Mm. That's what I should have put in my suitcase, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or we just redo it when you guys come back down to South Florida. Right. I mean, that's how you're doing it, right? You're one we time in turns. south dakota yeah. one
1: time in south florida yeah this is my first time up here
2: it is she said we oh, had to cancel so, twice
0: um, because of you know stuff the last COVID. couple years yeah i big. know i was <laughs> i was
1: due to come right when covid like that march march yeah mm-hmm. so i rescheduled for the fall no nope. so now this year mm. oh wow well, i'm this glad is you guys delicious it's I yummy know. right
2: thank you for the, thank you for this recommendation Ooh. it is delicious. and it's light i mean south florida yeah. is so hot yeah. Like mm-hmm. you know, something heavy like a Bordeaux or whatever. I I mm-hmm. yeah. This is just yeah. like refreshing. And I I, it's loved, by the but the pool. I love seafood, so cheers to you, and
0: your success. Yay, right.
2: yay, yay.
1: You know, I love all the food in this mm-hmm. book as well. And I was like, okay, I didn't know if Raquel was a big <laughs> chef herself or she was inspired by something else. So we're wondering what inspired Miriam, um, to be a cooking star?
2: Well, more than her being a cooking star, my, uh, inspiration for her was for her to be an academic. So she's first Mm -hmm. and foremost, she's a food anthropologist.
1: okay.
2: And there's this line, I think it's in the first scene where she's like, I'm not a celebrity chef. I'm a home cook. And uh, her best friend Alma is like, you know, no, you can really, really cook. You're going to be great at it. You know, that whole thing. But yeah, for me, it was because I'm a home cook. I mean, I don't have dinner parties with, you know, all the, I don't do that. I'm a home cook. I enjoy cooking. I, I love good food and I live in a great town for it. I mean, the city of mm-hmm. Miami, I mean, you know, we have South Beach, um, food festival by, by, I know that's wa- where
1: I want to take her to, you know, we have Time. food
2: and wine, food yeah. and, well, we have these great, great restaurants here, like celebrity chefs have this, all this restaurant. So, you know, there's, there's tons of that in my, in my backyard, but what I really wanted for her was for her to be a food anthropologist, because then I could talk about the origins of the food uh, and, mm-hmm. and the culture of the food. And so that's really what excited me about it was why do we eat this um how did this food come to be used you know because not all foods are uh indigenous to the land you live on you know Mm -hmm. a lot of them came with whatever wave of immigration and migrants that came in to work Uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah so i like to explore those things Right.
1: And I like how it, her tagline becomes abuela I- approved. <laughs> yeah. And that, and so, I mean, <laughs> you know, you, you have a background um, where your father was
2: Cuban. So did you have an abuela that um, cooked for you? And Oh, I did. So my great grandparents were who I stayed with after school. So, oh. yeah. And then I had, even before I stayed with my great grandparents in like really elementary school, like, you know, first, second grade, that kind of thing. I stayed with a family of sisters who were educators in Cuba and they were hilarious. Like, so one of them was a, one of them was a teacher and she was like, like sweet, but like stern, you know? Right. And the other one was kind of like the home cook and the other one kind of sewed and did kind of seamstressy stuff. And so I would come home from school. Well, she would come pick me up from school because Cuban, we don't like just, yeah. You're gonna have chaperones for like everything in your life. Um, <laughs> you know? So she would go get me from school, come home. And then there would always be stuff cooking. There was always on the back of the stove, a pot of either orange peels or grapefruit peels, and she was making marmalade. Oh, wow. so, like you would use, you know, the pulp oh, for whatever, everything. and that must have smelled so and good. And you would throw everything. that in there, and that would eventually—I oh. don't know, however many days. I never learned how to cook it, but I knew what it was making. And mm-hmm. then she would also make um, the little um, merengue bites, the little kisses, the little merengue kisses, which is just you know, um, beat uh, egg whites with sugar. Egg whites. Mm -hmm. And so she would cook those about once a week, you know, so there were always all these little great snacks that you just come home to. That's so nice. And then later on, the dedication to the book is to Elena, which was, um, she was my father's second wife. And I call her kind of my stepmom because she was, I mean, I was a teen by then, you know, like late, late teens, but she's just lovely. Like she taught me how to cook everything. She bought me a pressure cooker, you know, and I was terrified. I was like, uh, because you know, I thought I thought <laughs> it blew up. But it is Am I the own, get injured. It is the only way to make black beans. Like it it makes the black beans so tender. Mm-hmm. Really?
1: We'll have to get that. I know,
2: I know. I'm like hmm. <laughs> I mean, I guess an Instapot is like the modern equivalent of mm-hmm. a pressure cooker. So you could do it in Instapot. But mm-hmm. yeah, the old, you know, and then the little bell yeah, whistle on no, the
0: top. I'm always was scared of those.
2: I'm still scared of it.
0: They were. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's awesome. So, one of the things that we both loved um, was all the layers in this book. Okay, Mm -hmm. so there is obviously murder. I mean, there's we got we got a little crime going on. Yeah, there's crime. We've got marriage troubles. We've got in-law challenges. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We've got um, family rivalries. We've got different socioeconomic circumstances, we've got cultural different. I mean, there's a lot going on, (laughs) right? And so, but on top of it, you use humor so well to address all these really serious and hard challenges. And I just, I think that writing with humor must have been so hard about these serious topics. Tell us how you did that.
2: Well, you know, that's one of the reasons why I love the subgenre of cozy mysteries an amateur so to some extent is because um i like that humor because if not it's murder i mean murder is very serious and i don't want to treat it lightly by any means but kind of like all of the other stuff that goes around it kind of softens that harshness it's hard for me not to throw in a little humor like even in my short stories which I think my short stories are not cozy my short stories are a little on the harder side you know they they there's more there's cussing there's more a little more violence you know it's a little on the harder side um not like hard-boiled or like noir not not that far away (laughs) just a little you know yeah um I can't resist putting something funny in there and and I'm not sure why but um (laughs) I, uh, well, that's your, um, what do they call it? Voice. Yeah, it it definitely is. Definitely.
0: Mm-hmm. I wondered when you set out to write this, did Miriam come to you? Did these set of challenges that this character would have come to you? Did you know it was going to be a series? Like, how did it kind of appear to you in your mind first?
2: The first thing that came to me was the scene which I wrote is the opening scene where the first body drops. And I just like that juxtap. I mean, I don't think it's too much to give away. It was in the New York Times review. She's sitting next to somebody and her face flops into the chicken salad. Like (laughs) it was just, the image was there, the sound was there, like (laughs) the wilty little (laughs) green lettuce. I mean, I just had it all there, right? And I knew it was a juxtaposition. Then I knew that the person sitting next to her was just like, "Oh, what have I gotten into?" <laughs> like, you know, right? right. Um, but then my editor, working with my editor uh, at Cook and Lane Books, Faith, uh, she's fabulous. She, um, she's like, you know, I really like the cooking show part of it, and the cooking show part of it was always there. But mm-hmm. she was like, "We need to bring that in earlier." So I did write that. Uh, chapter one, that opening scene, um, just kind of to to set it up. And I and I'm so happy um that I did. And I love my relationship with my editor because it works so great. We know exactly where she is. She's unpacking. I can get rid of, I can do that little backstory bit of where she's coming from and the whole setup. And then boom, we know about this cooking show thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm
0: and, and her mother-in-law yeah. makes an appearance yeah. right away <laughs> yeah. and that just sets you up for i mean you could just feel the <laughs> stress and tension i was like this is awesome Yep. yeah <laughs> definitely <laughs> okay christy i think it's time for the question in the bottle
1: oh as you know
0: we do this midway mm-hmm. kind of a question you might get to at the end of a bottle
1: all right well this this looks like a pretty good one maybe it sort of Fitz, what is your most memorable moment of television?
2: Oh, definitely. I love Lucy. I mean, come on.
1: (laughs) That's what we figured. (laughs) As soon as you said that, I was like, in my head, I love Lucy. So so
2: go back to when I was telling you about the sisters that I used to go with (laughs) after school. It was me and some another child that they took care of, which I think was somehow related to them Or else we all lived in the same apartment building. I can't, I don't quite I'm a little fuzzy (laughs) on that. And anyway, you know, sit down, do your homework, whatever, have your little snack, whatever. And then you could watch TV. But there was no cable. I mean, there was cable, but they didn't have cable, you know, and Mm -hmm. so it was reruns. It was whatever was on the local station on reruns. (laughs) And at that time. It was, I love Lucy, and then all the other variations of the Desi Lou kind of things. And I just remember really feeling like I wasn't alone in the world because there was a representation of a family that was similar to mine. Wow. Right. And that whole culture clash and, and the humor of it. I mean, maybe I get some of my humor from having watched so many sitcoms as a very (laughs) young child, you know, I don't know, maybe. And then I went to, uh, school at St. Patrick's on Miami beach where Desi Arnaz went to school.
0: Wow. Wow.
2: And I remember he came for a visit (gasps) and it was like, he looked nothing like suave debonair ricky at that time i mean, you know he'd already gone white and he was elderly and so forth and so on but i still remember like wow the hubbub around it and just like mm-hmm. like who is this person you know Wow, yeah. that's so cool but i do have that i do such have a, a connection with with uh with i love lucy
0: it's such a cool story about how representation really matters Absolutely. That, that when you were at that impressionable age that's that's why this matters so much. I'm curious on this topic. This is a very serious topic. What do you think about the new movie coming out um, about
2: the I Love Lucy show? Well, have you heard of this? I have, but now is this the one that was licensed by the kids or no? I think
0: it is. I think because this has got Nicole Kidman and who is playing Desi? Javier Bardem Yes. Ooh, 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 I know. My... I know. Uh, I was like, I could watch those two do anything yeah. probably, um, but I th- I think I had read somewhere that that was like I'm the kids were pretty um, sure
2: it's the kids who yeah. you know aren't kids but anyway right.
1: um, <laughs> the offspring yeah
2: it sounds ooh yeah. uh, um, <laughs> it's always been a weird word for me I just it's very hard it's to use a, that word like in a, a no. sentence and you know go hard. but they, they I they, love my like, offspring. <laughs> Are you writing that into your story, please. <laughs> Is that now a thing? Like every every book you do will have to have that word somewhere that word. <laughs> hidden in there. It's like a little easter egg, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Do you have any
2: easter eggs in yours? I think there are some probably for the Miami people. You know, I mentioned some things that if you've lived in Miami for a length of time, you're going to be like, "Oh, you know, I know oh, yeah. what she's talking about." Or you'll get a little chuckle that maybe you know a reader in South Dakota might not you know yeah I'm like mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get those you know, yeah. not that, you can you tell know, me you know not that it's taking anything away from the readership right. but just like this little fun thing of oh I know where that is you know that's oh she cool. changed the name but I know where that is or something yeah, so cool. I know
0: what she's talking about yeah yeah that's cool okay so I'm dying to know about the New York Times review okay yes. So, so here, how did it come about? Did you know? Here's the,
2: the story on that. Okay. I am, I'm doing about my regular day, you know, and it's, uh, the month leading up to my book birthday. And so this lead up that you're doing all kinds of stuff, you know, all these blog posts and, you know, lovely podcasts and all of this stuff. And so I get a text and, and I've been watching my phone Uh, for other stuff that I needed coming in. And it's a friend of ours from the Florida Mystery Writers of America chapter. And she says, oh, congratulations. And I'm like, oh, thanks, you know, but it's next week, you know, but thank you. And she's like, no. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, the review. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, get on the group chat. Cause you know, we're, we have a group thing for all of our chapter business and stuff. So then I go on there and Joanne from Murder on the Beach Bookstore has posted this topic that says Raquel is getting a review in the New York Times. And I was like, Raquel who? I was like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. What? And I I put something to that effect. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> Like, right. where did you get this information? Yeah. And she came back with a little post that says, you know, because she's a bookstore, she manages a bookstore. So they get all types of information that maybe we don't get. So it was some type of notice from the New York Times that saying, "In these are the books we will be reviewing in the next, in the coming weeks. And there was my name clear as day and the title of my book. So then I jump on to my Gmail And I send a message out to my publisher and my publicist. And I'm like, did you know about this? What is this about? And my publisher comes back and says, we had an idea that it was going to happen. Like we knew that you were in the whatever finalist or whatever you want to call it, the lineup or so forth, but we didn't have any confirmation. So we didn't want to tell you. And so even my publisher didn't know at that moment that, it was a definite yes. Wow. So, and then and then I was like, well, what if they hate it? And so then that was a whole that was like a whole week of I think it, oh, yeah. I think it was like th- three, three days maybe of well, oh, I wonder what's gonna happen. Oh, well. no, but it came out lovely. And yeah. and anytime yeah. somebody uses panache, okay. Yeah. I will take it. I'll take that, and I know. Yes, yeah. Thank you.
1: Wow, that's amazing. So I wonder how they do it. Like, do they do the, all the different publishers send them their newest books and then they kind of look through? Or? I
2: wish that I knew because yeah. that's, I mean, because they get something ridiculous, like 600, oh. you know, that it's just so mm-hmm. much. And then a friend of mine did a little research about how often women get reviewed and then how often Cozy Mysteries get reviewed. And oh. it's basically 2%. Wow, you're one of the
0: two percent. I know. Well, you know I, I know. I
1: was like, oh, it's that's amazing. A, I'm like, I know her.
0: She's in the New York Times. <laughs> I I have read um, Jen Weiner, a, a great writer, has written many times about the difficulty of, of, the, of getting reviewed in the New York Times as a woman. Right. And so I was, I just came fathom as, a, like you said, woman cozy. Like it just gets harder and harder, and more
2: challenging. And you are it, Peach. I, I'm just absolutely thrilled. And it was so lovely because they refer, because there's three books reviewed in this um, column uh, on the day that mine hit. And the title leading off of the whole column references that scene in my book. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, wow, that was just, it was just like, I mean, like I couldn't have asked for anything more perfect and memorable you know about this debut year because I mean that's what yeah. a lot of people are telling you they're like you know enjoy it it doesn't happen again you know you're mm-hmm. not going to get this much attention ever again <laughs> they don't say it like that but you know what I'm saying yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's like well it's special no matter what exactly it's, no matter it's special and that we're just so exactly. thrilled for you so before um you're ta- you're mentioning though about the all the process leading up so talk to us about what this last year has been like the the publication process like how what that has
2: been like. Well, I'm very, very fortunate. Um, my, uh, agent, uh, when we worked out our contract, I had a a long lead in for my book, um, to work on, on my book. I'm, I'm a bit of a slow writer. You know, I write every day, but I envy those people who sit down and just close themselves off for a weekend and come out and there they have 60,000 words. I'm like, How how did you do that? (laughs) What magic pill did you take? Where can I get it?
0: Is it legal? Exactly.
2: So um, I was really uh, lucky to be able to um, have this time to kind of work on this and develop it. And I, I was given a lot of freedom. You know, I was never really challenged or pushed back on any of the things that I wanted to talk to. And I have to say that, you know, I mean, I bring up racism in here. Um, I bring up some heavy themes in here. And I hope that I I feel and I've some of the reviews have told me and I've had reader feedback that, that I deal with them in a very balanced way, deaf way. And I'm thankful for that because, you know, that's one of the things I wanted to do with this cozy is not only have the representation for a Cuban American, a Latina, the Caribbean, you know, not only have that representation, but to place it in an actual city of Miami, you know, and, and deal with all of those kind of real life pressures that I think readers might also be encountering. Mm-hmm. That's what I I enjoy writing. You know the great thing about cozies is that there's something for everyone right mm-hmm. if you only want to be in a quilting shop mm-hmm. in a very small town mm-hmm. there are cozies for you mm-hmm. you know right. if you want to have cozy that is on that there's a couple of vineyard ones that mm-hmm. deal with wine and so forth i love those you know i do too mm-hmm. i've read those i love
0: them <laughs> Right? I watch the movies on Hallmark. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. I see this on Hallmark. Christy said that today. She said, Kathy, I think this Rick series is gonna get
2: I hope right so. Now. You know, I and watch I don't usually watch the Hallmark mysteries. I enjoy the Hallmark Christmas. Oh okay. and there was one that she's a baker and she's Latina and she mm-hmm. is the she's the splitting image of the princess or whatever and the princess wants to escape all of the horrors and live a real life oh, and so yeah. they you know it's they it's switched. what yeah. is that parent trap they did a parent trap you know switch <laughs> she's latina <laughs> and, I, and i remember watching that and going because it's been a couple of years because now i think they're on their third christmas version of this kind of story in the <laughs> i know <series>. they, but, <laughs> yeah, really, really um, doing but you know i was kind of like it was really refreshing to see that representation. So,
1: yeah. Raquel, did you see? Because I must admit, I watch the new movies on the Hallmark Channel. <laughs> Kathy's like rolling her eyes. Probably no, I'm
0: not. I like them too. But um,
1: <laughs> it was this month. It was like last week or two weeks ago. It was South Beach something.
2: Oh, I saw. Oh, I got really? an ad for that on something, and I was yeah. like. Oh. Oh, yeah,
1: wow. so it's, it's like supposedly set in South Beach, and but it's, you know, the whole, probably Cuban. I can't remember now if they were... Well, there
2: was a great one. There was a Cuban bakery one that I think was on CBS mm. or NBC or something like that. So yeah, there's some stuff here. I mean, we have yeah, networks here. Yeah, the guy here. who
1: plays the male interest, he's a well-known, I think, um, telenovela. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, and she is... Like they grew up near each other, but she's like Irish.
2: Oh, I'll have to, but she
1: cooks, wants to cook cute. She's learning to cook, they're cooks, okay, too. So, this is I'll perfect. Yeah,
2: I will check it uh,
1: out. We'll,
0: we'll okay. include the links. Yeah,
1: yeah right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so anyway, now we're gonna just go back to Raquel, yes, and, Raquel. Um, and her writing routine, yes. Because you say you're a slow writer, but you d- get it done. So <laughs> how do you get it done? And we're wondering also about the next book. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I have a title and I have a cover, which if you are a member of my newsletter, you got the cover. We'll put the link. Put the link we'll in there the link. because I'm not going to reveal it until a little couple, couple more days. And so you'll still get that, that sneak peek. And a chance to win a book. But anyway, you know how newsletters (laughs) are. Anyway, I start off with a skeleton structure. You know, I know beginning. I know a few of the scenes in the middle. And I know the end. Uh, I know the characters. I like to use Plotter, the software, um, to keep some of my record keeping.
0: I don't know that software, Raquel.
2: Okay, so I tried Scrivener. And I know that you two are big on thrillers and all of that. And I think that thriller people and screenwriter people love Scrivener. And I was like, there's way too much stuff here and (laughs) I am a linear person and Scrivener Mm -hmm. wants to give you the ability to move stuff around all the time. I'm like, I don't want to do that. I want it to (laughs) go from point A to point B. So Plotter is, it's very clean and light. It allows you to have your character files in there. It allows you to put pictures for your characters. You can have details like that. But when you look at the structure, it's just simple little boxes. So I can have a color for my A storyline and a color for my B storyline. I can have some tags in there so I know what's going on in the scene, you know? But it's just very clean looking. So like I can print it out or look at it on the screen and it's not cluttered with stuff. And mm-hmm. that's what I need to mm-hmm. focus. Interesting. I'm going to check that out. Mm-hmm. I have a, I keep a three-room binder with me next to my writing desk with a notebook in it. And that's where I scribble all of my little ideas, all my thoughts, all my uh, red herrings or something. It's like, I'll put a reminder to myself. Oh, you put this here. Remember to pick it up later on down the line. So mm-hmm. that is chaotic. I mean, sometimes I look at it and I'm like, what what letter is that? I don't even Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I do the same thing. <laughs> it's like, um, or don't I, I remember what I was thinking then. But... I can't read my own
0: writing sometimes. Yeah.
2: yeah. Right. Cause you know, it's like and there you go. So that's it. And I and I enjoy plotter because I used to keep everything on an Excel spreadsheet. You know, and I used mm-hmm. to do basically the same thing. But on an Excel spreadsheet, which is kind of a pain because, you know, those cells don't enlarge, you know, and then they want to, then you have to go wrap text and all that nonsense. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Plotter just does that for you. It like enlarges and you can write all this stuff and then it reduces it. And then (laughs) I do that. I'd still use Excel for keeping my word count. So it's just a simple thing. I have the date I have when I started writing, when I finished writing. And the number of words i got and it totals at the end you know and then at the end it's a it's a sum yeah. so do you do you have a set goal for the day i mean you have like are you pretty- I, I, at one point i did and then i would get like super stressed that i wasn't meeting that mm-hmm. you know and so for me <laughs> so for me i'm just happier to have that i've written every day mm-hmm. uh, you know like i remember One day I went on there and I put a negative in there because I had done a little, you know, editing and I was like, oh, my word count didn't go up. It went down, but it didn't. The goal is for me to write. And I don't think everybody has to write every day. You know, the people who can lock themselves in a room and come out with a 60 K of words, they don't need to write every day. But mm-hmm. there's some of us that do need to write every day. And that consistency really works mm-hmm. for me to mm-hmm. just do you still
1: have, do you have a certain time of the day?
2: I, I, I have to write in the morning. And if something interferes with that, it does. And I don't make myself feel bad about it by any means. You know, we mm-hmm. have doctor's appointments, we have emergencies and we have family mm-hmm. life. <laughs> you know, just sometimes right. it doesn't happen. But yeah, it's very difficult for me to write in the afternoons, like the world is too much in my head. You know, mm-hmm. it's, I really love going into the cave. I get up, I have my coffee. I do, I check my social media. That doesn't bother me, but I joke with my husband. I'm like, I'm like, don't talk to me, I'm writing. Like I can't have <laughs> audio of mm-hmm. any kind. Interesting.
0: So no music, no.
2: Mm-mm. And then okay, after- what kind of coffee? After, what kind of coffee? Um, yeah. I drink really dark coffee. I don't always make Cuban coffee because I usually have Cuban coffee on my way to work because I get it from the little ventanita on the way to work. But at home, I have a nice dark coffee. I actually put in an extra scoop. Of, like, dark oh. So it's
0: like sludge? No, it's,
2: it's just dark. It's just dark. It's like the yeah, color of your dark. sweater. It's Well, dark do you put coffee. a lot of cream and sugar in it? or you... No, I put a little bit of half and half. Oh, okay. Yeah. But no sugar. Because then I go have my yeah. like Cuban coffee, which has sugar. Like, you know, it's very sweet. Yeah. That's, you know, yeah. I, you know. And um, sometimes I switch it out and I have um, coffee with chicory. Ooh. Yeah. Which is also very dark. I like yeah, bold. Bold. Let's not go dark. Yes. Yes. It's bold. A bold. Bold, a bold blend. Yes. Bold.
1: <laughs> anyway. Oh, well, wow. Well. Oh, this has been so fun. Yeah. This well, has been a lot of fun. fun. All right. Chrissy's so, got one yeah, I guess I got a final question okay. for you. This is one we ask everyone and it's just for fun, but which of your characters would you like to share a meal with and what would it be?
2: I mean, it would be Miriam because like, I mean, I do all the research that I have to, to make the book, but in the world of the book, she has a PhD. So she knows all this stuff like at the snap of a finger. So I could just ask her all of this stuff because her specialty is is the Caribbean. And yeah, I would definitely, what would we eat? Since I'm not having to cook it, (laughs) um, it would probably be, I really like, uh, it would definitely be black beans and rice for sure. I love Mm. good black beans and rice. And then probably chicken fricassee, which is in the recipe, But, but you usually don't serve chicken fricassee with black beans and rice so maybe you can do it but i can do whatever, you whatever i want. want and then definitely imaginary and definitely uh tostones which i love tostones but they're fried and i don't like to fry at my house <laughs> i yeah. guess i should get one of those little air fryers i i air don't fryer. i don't you have a counter space for an air fryer it's not the
0: same yeah
2: I I, that's what i same. figure i yeah. mean it's it's, it's healthier and that's good yes but, but if you're gonna have it have, have it. it like
0: right
1: yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you yeah. can always go out because in Miami, like you say, your backyard
0: is full of really good food. And
2: you have it with this little mojito, which is a garlic and lime dipping sauce that you take the little tostone and you dip it, in. it's so good. Oh uh, yeah, so yeah good. I just
0: was thinking, what are we gonna have for dinner tonight? I don't know, but my mouth is drooling. <laughs> so anyway. Okay, best
2: way for people to reach you. I am Latina sluice across platforms. They Love can that. they can do Latinasleus.com. They can find me on Twitter. They can find me on Instagram. They can find me on Facebook. I'm really enjoying Instagram right now. I have to say. It's so pretty oh, it's over true. there. Yeah. <laughs> <All of Instagram. laughs> so pretty. <laughs>
0: it's, it's just not not the wild west like some other platforms yeah, are. Oh gosh, i love you know. twitter
2: too i do love twitter but yeah twitter but,
0: twitter's fun but you know but i think it's, that's it's like fun the, to read it because yeah. people are just
1: crazy but
2: yeah it's and it's kind of like for talking to other authors i i have yeah. learned a lot about industry stuff from mm-hmm. following right. other authors and so twitter is almost educational and agents and agents yeah, on and there, you get publishing yeah. news that comes out that like mm-hmm yeah it's kind of like a newspaper mm-hmm. and then yeah. you know instagram is just lovely and it's just pretty and well and i follow a lot of caribbean cooking people on instagram too so it's oh. also kind of like oh oh, oh and that oh that we would be it's research it's research
0: it is, but it sounds like it would make me want to eat everything. I know <laughs> your book made me want to eat everything. I know. I know. When, we,
1: when we're when we're down there, the next time we'll have you oh, over and absolutely. you can cook for I us. I know. Something. I was
0: just thinking if we had if we had reversed this trip, we could have done this in person. Right? I know. We screwed this up. Well, next time. Well, your next
2: well, book. July is Sleuth Fest. I'm just saying. As I as oh, I, I think yeah. we should, to ask you about yeah, My this. wine for my Sleuth Fest.
0: I that is how I met these two lovely women. Sleuth Fest so all south dakota writers you need to go to sleuth fest in florida raquel is one of the brains behind it yep i wanted to give you kudos um raquel and all of your committee members for your hard work in this pandemic time yeah. you guys did a great job doing the online and you and you moved this year's sleuth fest to hopefully a more safe time yeah mm-hmm. hopefully giving yourself a little window mm-hmm. exactly
2: and, the, and that's what it was you know just everything has been so unpredictable we don't know what's gonna happen. March was coming up. I mean it's literally around the corner. Mm-hmm. So moving it three months down to, to July is gives us a little buffer. And I will tell you, it made the hotel room rate go down. So Yeah. <laughs> so it's
0: really and you know, we have air conditioning. I said to Christy, I said, so I'm coming to Florida in the summer. And she said, Yes, but we have air conditioning everywhere. And I was like, okay. Think- and then otherwise you just
1: go in the water.
0: Yeah. yeah.
2: Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, yeah.
0: It's going to be great. So um, give everybody the plug for Sleuth, Sleuth Fest's um, website and their social media. Yeah,
2: sleuthfest.com. Easy peasy. It's July 7th through 10th. Um, Jeffrey Devers is our guest of honor. I know <laughs> you're a big oh, Devers my... fan. And That's then we okay. have Lori Raider Day. Is one of our faculty oh yeah and uh tracy clark is our one of our other faculty we already have our forensic faculty over there who's got wow. tons of experience yeah just go to the website and read all about it's gonna it be great and then we'll have agents and editors coming and Fingers crossed we can all get back to normal and, you know, maybe even have hugs. Go get
0: vaccinated, everybody. I don't know. Everybody. <laughs> you know. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I can't yeah. wait. and yeah. It'll be great to see people in person again. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 Well, anyway. what, what a blast, Raquel. This has been so fun. I don't know. Able... And we still have to do a, a another toast. A we do. To... to
0: Raquel and her lovely, lovely book birthday and her new book. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for joining us for today's episode, subscribe
1: to our podcast on our website, game of books, podcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you liked what you heard, you can give us a five star rating or review.
0: You can also subscribe on YouTube where you can watch and listen
1: on game of books, podcast.com. You can find all the information about what we talked about on this episode, and you can sign up for our newsletter
0: and enter our fun contests and giveaways we also post our stories and links on instagram facebook and twitter hope to see you there i can guarantee you that we had fun today and we hope you did too Cheers.